7.05 on Wednesday evening. Yeah, there you go, employment hour here. Ready, as always, to take your calls. Got a bunch of business to get through. In the meantime, the number, you know the number to call through the radio station, 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Give you a moment to digest that. I'll give you Lior's number as well. This is any time outside of show hours too, 416-216-5900. We will get to... Uh, a lot of good talking points tonight. Hopefully your phone calls first. We always start with the week that was. That's right, uh, John. Thanks, and, and welcome to all our listeners. Always, always a pleasure to be back on uh, AM640 to talk about workplace rights, employment law, and informing people about what they need to know if they're working. Uh, so this is the show. If this is if this is a situation where you've had questions, you wanted to know, what are my rights? Can my employer do this to me? Uh, do I have any recourse? Give us a call right now. We'll talk about it and answer your questions. And I always start off with a couple scenarios that I saw and I dealt with in the previous week. The first one I'll tell, tell us uh, about, uh, John, involves a uh, gentleman. He was a mechanical engineer working for a, for a large company. And uh, he was part of a team uh, of engineers working on a, on a particular project. Uh, at one point, uh, some, uh, some weeks ago, the company decided that they're going to let one of the engineers go. So they let him go and gave his job, his duties, to this, to this gentleman that okay. was my client. So effectively what that meant for this person, he was now doing the work of two people. He wasn't being paid anymore. Uh, he wasn't promoted. He simply said, now you're going to take over these, jo- these duties. For him, that means he was now working literally around the clock, seven days a week, to try to keep up. He spoke with the company. He told them, I need some help. I need you to hire another person. I can't sustain this. And they, you know, they kept putting him off, and eventually they said, no, no, we think you're managing just fine. That's when he called me. He said, well, what do I do here? I can't sustain right. this anymore. It's literally killing me. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do I do? And this is an interesting situation. I've dealt with this before, but I don't know if we've talked about this before on the show. Uh, this is a situation where he wasn't demoted. They're not paying him less. They're not embarrassing or, or mistreating him. They just doubled his workload without any compensation. Well, that, too, is a constructive dismissal. So we usually think of a constructive dismissal as something where you know, your employer has made things uh, bad for you by paying you less money or, or maybe relocating you. But it can also happen in a situation where you've just been given a ton more work without more compensation, right. and that's what happened to him. So what I told him, your options are these. You can continue to work and do the, the job of two people, or you can leave and treat your employment as being terminated and get your severance. So he decided to take the latter option because he literally physically could not continue doing the job. And we resolved the matter this week Uh, on the basis of a nine-month severance. He was there for about eight years, eight and a half years. Uh, So we got him nine-month severance. He's very happy. Now he has the time and financial ability to look for another job that hopefully is not going to kill him. So for our listeners, it's very important to understand that if you are in a situation where your workload has been changed, uh, you've been given additional duties, uh, it's much more difficult now to do your job in your, in your uh, regular hours than it was, that actually could be a constructive dismissal, and you should give me a call if that's happened. How long, uh, say he had continued doing that, how long would he have had to do it before he could not turn back and, and go for your assistance? Right? Real, something like this, realistically, because he's given a, an opportunity to try it out. Sure. You know, he can try it out for a while to see can he do it, can he manage it. For him, I would have said probably, you know, six to eight weeks uh, but, you know, six to eight weeks before he would have been considered to have accepted it. Okay. Uh, in this case, actually, he was there even less time. And during the time, he was actually trying to convince them to, uh, to hire someone, and they just refused. What else you got for me? Second situation, John, a temporary layoff situation. This gentleman called me uh, a few weeks ago after he actually heard us on the show here. And he was laid off uh, some, some months ago and uh, temporarily. 
And after about seven or eight months, his employer called him and said, we want you to come back to work. Mm -hmm. But in the meantime, he had found another job. About five months or so after the layoff started, he found another job and started working. And when the company called him back a couple months later, he said, no, I'm not going to come back now. But I'm already working somewhere else. another gig. So they said, fine, okay, so, so long, have a good life, and that's it. And he thought that was it. Except he heard me on the show at one point saying that a temporary layoff is a termination. And he wanted to know what that meant for him. So here's what I told him. I said, yeah, you've actually been terminated back when they laid you off temporarily. Because you ended up finding a job after five months, you're owed five months pay. Okay, it could have been potentially more than that if it had taken you longer you to find work. another job. So in your case, you're owed five months pay. And this week, actually, we resolved the matter. We settled it. We got him his five months pay. And, and, and he's very pleased. And the lesson here for all our listeners, I, we've said this before, but I think it bears repeating, is that a temporary layoff is a termination. If you've been laid off term, uh, temporarily, you don't actually have to accept that. You can treat that as a termination in most cases, which means you can leave and get your severance. So you don't have to just sit at home waiting and hoping that at some point in a few months, the company's going to call you back. You can leave, get your severance, move on, and, and not have to worry about where your next paycheck is going to come from. We'll get to the severance pay calculator right after a short break. In the meantime, your phone call is looking for them. Give us a call. You have employment questions, severance questions. I'm sure you do. 416-870-6400-640 on your cell. This is the Employment Hour on your Wednesday evening. Right here, Talk Radio, AM 640. 7.13, your Wednesday evening. Yep, 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Give us a call. Let's get into this, the severance pay calculator. It's a beauty. That's it. The severance pay calculator, John, uh, it's a tool that I created three years ago almost now, believe yeah. it or not, um, and it does what the name suggests. It calculates and assesses and estimates how much compensation someone is owed if they lost their job. It's easy to use. It's free. Severancepaycalculator.com is the place you go to. Again, severancepaycalculator.com. You input your age, your position, and the length of your employment, and it's going to tell you right there and then how much compensation you're owed. Everyone should go to it first place. And, and it's already started. You know, I've, I've been getting people contacting me from the severance calculator after they've used it. Usually it's they want to make sure that the amounts are correct. Well, yeah, because it freaks them out, right? Because it's like, wow, oh, my God, that's so much more than what my employers offered me. Can right. it be right? right? Well, guess what? It is right. The reality is that 90% of people, when they're let go, are not offered anywhere near the amount of severance that they're owed. That's what the severance calculator is there to do, to help you understand what your legal rights are. So again, severancepaycalculator.com. It's anonymous. You don't have to ring through, or you can send it to you and have a consultation uh, after with, but you don't have to. Just check it out. Do it while you're listening to the show. It's right? strictly for your information. You don't have to do anything with that information if you don't want to, but it's, it's information that everyone should have, and I've made it easy to have it at the tip of your fingers. So is this next topic, and that is the biggest mistakes that individuals make that compromise their legal rights. Number one is a... Uh, Big one, the cherry on top, contacting the Ministry of Labor for advice. You know, every day I speak with people and, uh, you know, in, in some situations, I just wish they would have spoken to me sooner right. because oftentimes uh, they, they make certain mistakes, they compromise their legal rights, and because of that, they either don't have any rights or potentially they have less rights. One of those issues, one of the biggest problems is if you lost your job, you contact the Ministry of Labor. And, and why is that a problem? Why does that compromise your legal rights? Because as I've said before, and I'm going to say it again, I'm going to say it again, the Ministry of Labor cannot help, cannot advise someone with respect to your full entitlements if you lost your job. They cannot do that. They can advise you with respect to your minimum entitlements only. So if you've accepted an offer because you called the Ministry of Labor and got the wrong advice, 
guess what? You're, you're screwed. There's nothing you can do at that point. I have so many people calling me after they've accepted a severance package because they called the Ministry of Labor and got the wrong advice, only for me to tell them, you were owed another $50,000, but I can't help you because you signed the paper in reliance on that advice. So unfortunately, when it comes to termination pay, severance pay, losing your job, the Ministry of Labor cannot help you. They can help you with respect to vacation pay and overtime and maybe hours of work, but they cannot help you with respect to uh, termination pay and severance. Give me a call. Use the severance calculator. Don't compromise your legal rights. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. Got uh, Jeff on the line. Good evening, Jeff. Hey, John. How are you? Good, pal. What's going on? You got a question for Lior? Yeah, I do. Uh, Lior, my uh, my wife's been working for a company for about two and a half years. She, I think, is the director of sales or sales manager anyway. And uh, part of her contract, they were to implement benefits. Uh, they never have, and uh, she's asked them a few times about it. They keep saying they will, but they never get around to it. She's now faced the situation where she's going to have to have some uh, – surgery done in the in the upcoming months and have a replacement of a joint hip replacement she's probably going to be off work for anywhere from six weeks to who knows maybe longer but uh her concern of course is you know what are they going to do once they find out that i'm not going to be able to work for six or eight weeks or something um and they don't have a plan obviously with any kind of a disability you know i'm just wondering i've said to her they cannot terminate you she's concerned of course they might try to pull the plug on her i'm just wondering you know, what your thoughts on that and what the best approach would be for that because, uh, you know, they haven't put the plan in place. That's really not her problem, but I'm sure they're not going to want to pay her when she's not there for six or eight right. weeks or longer. So it's so a great question, Jeff, and, and actually I'm glad you asked it because I think it's a fairly common situation or common concerns that people may have. You know, you have to go off on a medical condition or with a medical condition. What does that mean with, with your employer? So, so let me answer it and make it very clear. Her employer cannot, absolutely cannot terminate her employment because she needs to go off on a medical disability. Impossible, illegal to do that. Not only would it be a wrongful dismissal, it would also be a human rights violation. So it's illegal in in several respects. So they cannot do that. Now, what they also don't have to do is they don't have to pay her while uh, she's off unless they have some sort of a plan, which you told me they don't. That said, she can get compensation from EI, which will pay her for up to 13 weeks if she cannot work because of a medical condition. So EI can pay her for up to 13 weeks. It's not going to be her full salary. Unfortunately, it's going to be a portion. I think the maximum EI is just over $500 a a week. Uh, But uh, that's what she can get. They don't have to pay her. They have to keep her job open for her when she comes back. And even if it's longer than eight weeks or longer than 13 weeks, it could be a year for that matter. Mm -hmm. They have to keep her job open. If they don't, if they try to mess with her in any way or with her position, with her compensation, hours of work, uh, they give her a hard time, she needs to give me a call because that would be completely illegal. The law protects her quite well if she has to go off on a medical leave. Okay. Uh, just as a follow-up, in, in terms of this contract of hers, and they have not met it. Met the terms of the contract? Yeah, the, you know, and they have not implemented this, the uh, the benefits at all. Is that something that she could, I mean, is that some kind of constructive dismissal on her part where she could say, you know what, guys, 
you haven't lived up to your end of the deal right. and I'm leaving and here's why and get something from it. So potentially she could have done that at some point because it's been, I think you said, two and a half years, right? Uh, because for two and a half years they hadn't done what they were supposed to do and she continued working, it's no longer a constructive dismissal. Back, you know, after a month or two, even maybe even six months potentially, she could yeah. have gone back and said, listen, unless you're, you're going to do this, I'm going to consider my employment to be constructively dismissed. By yeah. now, even though I know she doesn't like it and she's not happy about it, She's considered yeah. to have accepted their breach of the employment agreement. Yeah. Okay. Appreciate. So it's kind of a it's an implied term now that she has. It is an implied right? term. Yeah. You know, we, they didn't do it. She let them not do it. Continue working for two and a half years. You can't really go back. But that that is an important lesson there. If your employer is required to do something pursuant to your employment agreement, uh, if you let them get away with not doing it, you're going to be considered to have accepted it. And for her, I mean, that's a problem now because having a disability plan could have been great. It could have paid her her full salary for potentially until the age of 65 if she needed it. Uh, But uh, unfortunately, she can't do anything about that. But they certainly cannot fire her in any way. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Lots more of the show coming up. We'll get back to the biggest mistakes that individuals make to compromise their legal rights. You can also email Lior anytime, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com and 416-870-6400, star 640. On cell, Robert and Barry. Good evening, Robert. Hello. Thanks for taking my call. No worries. What's up? Well, I have been been working with a small airline uh, in northern Ontario for the past three years. Hmm. Uh, They categorized me as a subcontractor. Uh, now I happen to know that that's incorrect. I don't I don't meet the uh, criteria to be a subcontractor. And I would in fact be a, an employee. Nonetheless, uh, I've continued under this relationship for the past three and a half years, uh, and now uh, conditions there have been pretty poor lately, where there's been some talk of organizing amongst the uh, the employees. Okay. Um, I I come from a union background myself, so. I've been able to be a resource for the other for the other employees asking questions. Anyhow, uh, whether this is coincidental, but last month they told me that they would likely not have any shifts for me uh, in the month of May, and then uh, somebody quit, so they did have shifts for me. And now again, they have uh, reduced my my scheduled shifts to about uh, four days or so, where consistently I've been ten to fourteen days per month. Okay. And during those days, uh, I guess it's full-time hours? For, for, uh, on those yes. days, it's full days? Uh, yes, it's a 24-hour shift, basically. Okay. okay. Um, 24-hour on-call, and you can work up to 14 hours in that shift. Oh, wow, it's on-call. And I guess they set those shifts. You don't really have much of a say? Yeah, that's, that's correct, yeah. Yeah, so, so you are absolutely, uh, would be considered in the eyes of the law to be an employee. Uh, not even a question. You're absolutely right about that. Now, here's the thing. I mean, if they've reduced your, your uh, shifts that drastically, you know, it's a third or whatever it is of what it used to be, then, yeah, you could potentially treat that as a constructive dismissal. The idea being that, you know, I used to work 14 shifts. Now it's four shifts. Uh, you've, you've changed my, uh, my compensation, my hours of work. Uh, I can treat that as a termination. So potentially, yeah. because you're an employee, you can treat that as a termination and get your severance. How old are you, Robert? Uh, 33. So you probably are looking at five, maybe as much as six months uh, severance is what you'd be owed. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's obviously a significant amount. Uh, the, the thing is this. If you allow them, quote, unquote, to, to get away with it, if you allow them to reduce your shifts, you continue working and then seeing kind of what next month brings, at that point, it may be too late to do anything about it because you may be considered to have accepted these changes 
Uh, and at that point, once you've accepted, it's no longer a constructive dismissal. Well, last month, uh, when they notified me that they likely weren't going to need me, I did uh, email them back saying that, you know, this doesn't make sense. You're you're giving um, brand new hires uh, shifts over me. Um, and then uh, subsequently, I mean, the only reason I got shifts was this because uh, someone was gone. Individual quit. Yeah. 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 So I mean I think that if you're gonna if you're gonna pursue a constructive dismissal, obviously it's your decision. But if you're gonna pursue it, uh, the time to do it is now. The longer you wait, uh, the like more likely it is to to be considered you have accepted these changes. Even though I know you don't you don't want to accept it by by virtue of of continuing to work those shifts when they tell you to work, you you would be considered as having accepting it. So if you want to pursue a constructive dismissal, if you'd rather leave and get your compensation, then you and I need to speak off air. I can certainly help you with that if you'd like me to. Uh, to to get you out of there and get you the severance that you owed. Uh, but the time to do it now, Robert, uh, n- not in the future. you got to do it as soon as possible. Robert, that number, 416-216-5900. Back to this, the biggest mistakes individuals make. To compromise their legal rights, number two is a doozy as well. Get advice from their friends. I get that so yeah. often, John. Legal so advice often. and buying cars. Yeah, I mean, listen, if, if you have a serious medical condition, you're not going to go to your friend and say, hey, what do you think about this growth on my uh, on my back? You, you know, hack this thing out of here Yeah, for me? I mean, <laughs> you, does that look serious to you? No. You're going you're gonna to speak with the doctor. Uh, uh, you maybe even get a recommendation to a specialist. You're going to get that taken care of. For some reason, people think that legal issues are different. And, and certainly when it comes to, to workplace rights, well, you know, my, my, my cousin Bob has had a job for 20 years. He must know what, what, what that means. And invariably, when you get legal advice from someone that doesn't have the, the, any business giving advice, he's not a lawyer, not an employment lawyer, you're going to get the wrong advice. And if you rely on that advice, you're going to compromise your legal rights. Uh, and I see that all the time. You know, I ask people, you know, wh- why didn't you call me sooner? Well, my cousin told me that I didn't, I don't really have a case, or my friend told me I don't have a case. Well, you know, if we spoke back then, I could have helped you. Right. So don't do that. If you have a question, if you're not sure about something, give me a call. Call me on the show. Call me in the office. Email me. Uh, you know, use the severance calculator. Go to terminationquestions.com. It's easy. You don't have to get advice from someone that doesn't actually deal in these matters. Don't compromise your legal rights. We'll take a quick break, Sue. Uh, we'll hang on to you as well. Get on the line, 416-870-6400, star 640. On your cell as well. Lots more of the Employment Hour coming right up. 7.34 on your Wednesday evening. We'll get right over to Sue in Aurora. Sue, thanks for uh, hanging through the break there. How are you? Hi. Thanks for taking my no call. Worries. Go ahead. So my, uh, I, my employer, we're going through restructuring, and we've been told that our department is going to be obsolete. Um, however, they plan on trying to absorb us into to other departments. Um, but my question to you is, uh, do, I need to, do I have to take that? Because um, my position right now is um, a different hours of operation than what they're going to offer me. And so I don't know if that allows me the ability to say, no, that's not what you hired me for, the hours of operation. Right. And would they have to offer me um, a package? So, so excellent question, Sue. So if they offer you a different position with respect to hours of work, compensation, location, no, you don't have to accept it. Uh, and, and you can take a package 100%. The thing is this, you can't do that preemptively. You can't do that now saying, well, I know that two months from now when they're going to offer me, a pa- uh, offer me another job, that job is going to be different. You actually have to wait until they make you that offer. Uh, okay. and, and at that point, you, you have the ability, if it's really different, 
uh, to either leave and get your package or accept it. If you leave now because you know what's going to come down the, down the pike, then that's right. a resignation. So you shouldn't be doing anything right now. You should wait. Right. And at that point, we can assess how different the new job is it from, from your current job. Maybe if, if they somehow manage to give you the same hours and it's the same kind of job with comp- same compensation, at that point, your really choices would be to either accept it or leave without severance. But if it is a different job, you can leave with full severance, no question about it. Uh, but let's make that assessment when they make you that offer. Right. Now, I... I I'm I'm pretty confident that the position is pretty much the same, but the hour of operation is not. Yeah, and, and, that's, and that, how big a change in hours? Enough? Tell me kind of what kind of changes in hours would be. So um, I I work nights and weekends. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, like shift work basically, and they offer me day position. Yeah, that, that's that's a huge difference. That that's a complete. It's one thing if you said I I work uh, you know midnight till seven a.m. and now I'm going to be working one uh, a.m. to eight a.m. You know what I mean? That's not as right. big. But taking you from nights to now working days, that's a huge difference, and that's definitely the type of position you do not have to accept. And you can leave with pa- with the severance package that said again, we can't do this now. We can't do this preemptively. Right. Only right. when they've put that off in front of you, uh, that's the time to deal with it. Okay, that's great. Okay. Sue, keep this number around you uh, just in case you need it, 416-216-5900. Again, 416-216-5900. That is Lior's direct number. It's also Lior at employmenthour.com through email. So we're talking about the biggest mistakes that individuals make that compromise the legal rights, mystery labor, talking to their friends, signing employment agreements without knowing what they're signing. Yeah, huge. signing employment agreements. That's huge. Listen, John, an employment agreement is an extremely important document. It's a very important document. It's a document that governs what you can and cannot do at work and your rights in the workplace. We all spend 8, 10, 12 hours of work uh, a day often, mm-hmm. And that's the document that governs what we do in that time. So we need to pay close attention. And one of the things that, uh, you know, in my experience, I, I always see is people pay attention to the monetary terms. So they pay okay, and vacation, pay vacation, maybe bonus. That's Great. It. I get my salary that I wanted. I get the two weeks or three weeks vacation. Mm-hmm. I got a bonus. Fine. And they don't pay attention to other things. And by signing an agreement like that, they can compromise their legal rights. And here's an example. Uh, the classic example, I've talked about this before on the show, is your employment agreement may well limit your future severance. So you may sign an agreement, uh, and one of the things that the employment agreement does potentially limits your future severance to a fraction right. of what it would otherwise be. And that, that agreement could cost you at some point tens of thousands or even hundreds of thousands of dollars. So you may have lost your job, and, and now you've realized that the agreement you signed seven years ago when you started working limits your severance, and now instead of getting 12 months' pay, you're going to get seven weeks' pay. Right. So that's a huge, huge thing you need to watch out for. So the best advice, John, so that you don't compromise legal rights is when you're, you have a job offer, unless it's like a one-paragraph, welcome-aboard type of an offer, Give me a call. Let me have it. Re- let me review it. Have me review it for you. Let me tell you what it really means, and then potentially we can talk about how we negotiate those those terms. Because guess what, John? Those terms are negotiable. I'm not. I wouldn't just tell you about. Hey, watch out for this, but you can't really do anything about it. In many cases, you absolutely can negotiate those terms. Don't sign an employment agreement that down the road can cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars. Just a bad idea. It's funny you just mentioned that too. You said, you know, you get a one page or one paragraph saying, hey, welcome to the welcome aboard. Here's your pay. Here's your holidays. Have a nice day. Most people would panic, 
because it's not detailed enough. The exactly. counter is true. The counter is true, exactly. If, if you're uh, getting an employment agreement that's very, very brief, one paragraph, welcome aboard, you're starting Monday, your salary is $80,000, be happy, be, be pleased, and be relieved. Instead, you should be scared if you're getting an eight-page document with a lot of legalese because I can promise you in those eight pages, there's going to be a lot of things that are not going to be favorable to you. So don't be scared about the eight-page detailed document. Be scared about, sorry, don't be scared about the one paragraph. Be scared about the eight-page document. Uh, and if you have that eight-page document, have me review it. Give me a call. Let me tell you what it actually means in plain English so that you know at least what you're signing. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. That's the number to call after we take a short break. We'll get lots more of the show coming up. Is the Employment Hour? It's right here on Talk Radio AM 640. It is 744 on Wednesday evening. We are taking your phone calls at 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell. We're talking about the biggest mistakes individuals make that compromise their legal rights, making assumptions as to their status as independent contractor. Yeah, John, and we talked mm-hmm. with the, one of our previous callers about this whole idea of, of really being an employee, even though you're treated as an independent contractor. That's something that happens all the time. Probably one of the most frequent things that I see where someone is treated as a contractor, subcontractor, independent contractor. You know, they, they don't have taxes withheld from right. their pay. Uh, and they believe that their legal status is not an employee. Mm-hmm. But very important to understand, I've said this before, but I'm going to have to say it again because it, it happens so often, is that, again, the law doesn't care what you call yourself. And if you're an employee, based on the way uh, you operate, then you're an employee. It doesn't matter who pays your taxes and it doesn't matter what you call yourself. All that we care about is the reality on the ground. So if you have a regular job, you go to work, your employer is telling you what to do, sets your hours of work and your shifts, and uh, you, know, you, you don't have flexibility, then guess what? You are an employee, full stop. There are no exceptions to that. So if you're an employee, uh, that means that you have the same rights as an employee. And a lot of people don't understand that. They think, well, you know, I, 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 I guess I'm an independent contractor, so I don't have the same rights. Uh, my employer let, or my, the company let me go, and, and I'll, I've moved on, and I haven't pursued it. Only to wake up two years later uh, hearing me on the radio and realize, wait a second, uh, two years ago when they let me go, I should have gotten severance, but now yeah. it's too late to do something about it. So don't make assumptions that you are an independent contractor. If your position ends and you're not sure, should you be getting severance because you're an independent contractor, give me a call. Let's talk about it because more often than not, those people that are considered, quote unquote, independent contractors are really employees. They have the same rights to severance as everyone else. And the fact that you may have signed a document, a contract that says you're, you're a subcontractor, doesn't change anything. Even if you have your own company, you have incorporated that doesn't change anything. So if you're, again, if you're working regular hours, the company sets your hours, you're working for them exclusively, you are an employee. Don't compromise your legal rights by making assumptions. Lior at employmenthour.com is the email address. Got one here from Philip says, uh, can I terminate one of my employees for job searching during work time and for being on their personal phone email and, uh, for the majority of the day? Yeah, and then very, very interesting question. So, so let me answer it this way. The fact that someone is looking for a job while they're working for you in and of itself is not something you can punish them. I mean, I understand, uh, I understand why that would make you unhappy. You're working for me and you're looking for another job. That's obviously yeah. not going to make you happy, but you can't punish someone for doing that. But that said, an employee is expected during work hours to work. So if you're paying someone, you, you have every right to expect that the time that they have, uh, that they're being paid for, it, they're working for you, they should be working, not doing mm-hmm. something else. It doesn't matter whether it's looking for another job or talking with their girlfriend, 
they have to be working. So the problem with this person, yeah, is if he's spending a lot of time looking for other work and, and being on his phone when he should be working, that's something potentially you can let them go. But if you're going to consider letting that person go for cause, I would want you to first build up a case, uh, Philip. Okay. So what I'd want you to do is first give him a warning in writing saying, I understand you're spending time doing things that are not work-related. You can't do that. And if you continue doing that, I'm going to let you go. Uh, if that continues, give them a second warning. And if it continues, then it, you may be in a position to consider a termination for cause. So that's how you terminate for cause in this situation. If you do want to let them go right away, right now, you don't have to build up, you don't want to build up a case. You probably are going to have to treat that as a termination without cause and pay them severance. Right. So one of those options are available to you. Uh, Philip, I'd be happy to talk to you in more detail about it and, and, and uh, come up with a plan of action. But if we're going to go the cause route, we have to build up a case and provide some warnings uh, before we uh, pull the trigger. 416-870-6400, star 640 on cell, talking about the biggest mistakes that individuals make that compromise their legal rights. This one's a big one. Sign a severance letter without understanding what they are actually owed. Kind Probably, of the reason we do the show. That is, You're right. <laughs> right. You, you hit the nail on the head. That is what we do the show because for 15 years and when I, I've been doing this, I've had so many situations, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of situations, and, I, and I'm just one guy, mm. that uh, I've seen people sign severance offers because they didn't know any better or because they made assumptions that they're not owed anymore. Uh, and, and literally every single day, John, still today, people walk away, hundreds of people uh, every week walk away from thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars that they're legally owed Big time. because they don't know it. You know, think, think how hard we work to save money, you know, to cut costs because we want to save a few dollars here and there to have maybe more money for our retirement or more money to go on vacation or whatever it is. Think about walking away from thousands of dollars. People do that all the time, maybe tens of thousands of dollars, maybe more than that. So that's, the, that's why I do the show. That's why I'm, I'm live here every Wednesday and on the weekend. That's why I created the severance calculator is to tell people not to do that, to inform and educate so that when you lose your job, you don't sign a severance letter only to turn around a month, a year later and realize that you lost out, that you should have gotten a lot more severance. Uh, very common, happens all the time. So if you lost your job, call me. Find out how much you're owed. Go to severancepaycalculator.com. Again, find out how much you're owed and do not accept something that doesn't correspond with your legal rights. And remember, John, you're not owed a week for every year of service or two weeks. There's no such formula for the vast majority of people. Is It's a lot more than that. So, again, severancepaycalculator.com. Don't sign off on a severance uh, package. That's a sure way to compromise your legal rights. And we've said that a million times. You can walk down any busy street in Toronto, ask 100 people about the week or two weeks. That's what they would think is right. 90% of them will say, yeah, you get a week per year or two weeks per year. Absolutely. And, and it's so common. And each one of these people that say that probably has accepted a severance package right. that was inadequate on that basis, not knowing any better. Well, that's wrong, wrong, wrong. It's not even close to being that. Uh, and every single day, John, every single day, I, I have 20 30 people call me that they've, where they've lost their job and their severance offer is not even close to being adequate. But that's a small fraction from the people uh, that actually signed the sure. offers not knowing any better. And my job is to make sure that that number of people that signed the offer not knowing any better gets reduced all the time. So help me spread that word. 416-870-6400, star 640 on sale. Taking a quick break. We've got lots more of the show coming up. This is called The Employment Hour. Right here, Talk Radio, AM 640. Last few minutes here at uh, 7.54 to get through a few more points. What we're talking about, Catherine writes in, Lior at employmenthour.com, by the way, his email says, I was let go from my job. 
My employer says that they uh, they don't have any money to pay me severance. What do I do? Yeah, listen, not having any money, uh, you know, is not that obvious because uh, a company, it's not even about the cash that they have on hand. A company has an obligation to pay severance. So if they have accounts receivable, in other words, they're waiting for money to, to come from customers or, or maybe they own property, they own equipment uh, uh, in their business, that, those are assets and they have to use those assets to pay their, their debts and the severance is debt. The only time a company... I guess, quote unquote, can get get out of uh, paying severance is if they're formally in bankruptcy proceedings. If they're formally in bankruptcy proceedings, then there's almost this shield around them and you can't get anything really from them. But saying you don't have money is not enough. I've seen many situations, companies saying we don't have money. And guess what? They still have to meet their legal obligations and they'll meet their legal obligations. So that's no excuse. So uh, Catherine, uh, give me a call. Let me find out if this company is actually in bankruptcy proceedings because if they're not, they're going to pay your severance uh, and, and you, you shouldn't have to accept less than that. We were talking about uh, the big mistakes that individuals make that compromise their legal rights. This one too, wait too long to do something about changes in the terms of employment. That's right. Uh, and and that's, a, that's a very big one, John. We talked about this uh, briefly before. If your employer is changing the terms of your employment, then you have, to, you have a small window to do something about it. Uh, if you don't do something about it fairly quickly, your employer uh, or you can be considered to have accepted those changes. And if you accept those changes at that point, it's too late to do something about it. If your employer says, I'm going to reduce your pay by, uh, by 20% and you hum and haw and you wait and you work and a few months later you say, now I don't like this anymore, it's too late by then. You've accepted it. You can't uh, do anything about it. A change like that is a constructive dismissal. You can treat that as a termination of employment and get your severance, but you have to do something about it very quickly. A lot of times when people contact me, by the, by the time they contact me, it's already too late. They've already lived with the change or the demotion, the pay uh, decrease, the relocation for too long, and I can't help them. So if an employer is imposing a change on you, you have to do something about it fairly quickly. If you wait, then you're deemed to have accepted it. I saw earlier today, a few times actually on Twitter, came out that BMO Bank of Montreal laying off or at least firing somewhere in the neighborhood of 1,800 plus employees. Speak to that. Yeah, and then I've already heard from some people that are calling me because they're concerned they're going to be laid off by BMO. And I'm going to be working with them to help them. Uh, and, and very important to understand that with, uh, with BMO, with any bank that's federally regulated, mm -hmm. the same rules apply when it comes to severance. You don't get less severance because you're federally regulated. It's still based on your age, your position, and the length of your employment. I've dealt with BMO before many times. I've dealt with, I guess, all the banks. And don't assume that just because you're le being let go by, by a, a huge corporation like BMO, you're going to be offered the severance that you're owed. In many cases, unfortunately, that's not the case. So if you've been let go by BMO or it's coming down the pike for you, give me a call uh, and, and let, let, let's talk about it. Let me find out exactly how much you're owed uh, and, and advise you if your package is good. Uh, in many, many cases, you're going to be owed a lot more. So for those BMO folks out there, again, I know it's a, it's a bad time to be let go. It's very important that you get your full severance. Give me a call. I'll be able to help you. Let's wrap it up with severance pay calculator on the way out. So BMO employees, every other employee that's been let mm -hmm. go, you want to know how much you're owed. Again, severancepaycalculator.com. You find out how much you're owed. Don't take advice from just anyone. We talked in the show about you know taking advice from the Ministry of Labor or taking advice from your Uncle Bob. Both of them are bad, bad ideas. SeverancePayCalculator.com is how you can find out exactly how much you're owed. Or you can always give me a call, of course, if you want as well. Happy to talk to you. 
So all of us, everyone that lost their job, severancepaycalculator.com, the first place you go to. And until the weekend, uh, BMO employees or otherwise, 416-216-5900. That's Lior's direct number, 416-216-5900. Use it, keep it, and Lior at employmenthour.com through email as well. This has been the Employment Hour Talk Radio, AM640.